As everyone knows, we at the Designated Drinker Show are dedicated to raising the bar on craft cocktails. And now, now we need your help and just a little bit of your time. We'd love to hear what you think of the show and to find out what you want more of and even what you don't. So please head over to designateddrinker.show to complete our listener survey because what you, our loyal listeners, want is exactly what we aim to deliver. I promise it will only take a few minutes of your time to complete the survey, and for doing so, you'll receive an exclusive invite to our Let's Get Twisted Cocktail Hour, a live online interactive event with me and Gina. We'll be serving up some fun times as we try to answer your questions, deal out a few fun cocktail facts, and of course, share some good laughs, all while Gina doles out her tips and tricks as she shows us how to craft three, yes, three amazing cocktails. So head over to designateddrinker.show, dish out your thoughts, and we'll see you at the Let's Get Twisted Cocktail Hour. The date and time will be determined by survey participation, so go do it today. And hell, share with your friends, family, clergy, postal worker, dog walker, I don't know, anyone you know who appreciates a tasty cocktail and some intoxicating boozy banter. You know we can't wait to hear from you. Welcome to the Designated Drinker Show, the podcast that's raising the bar on craft cocktails. I am your host, Louise Salas, and we are opening up 2022 with a lineup of shows that's going to be a blast from our past. It's a total mix-up of some of the best of the best of our boozy banter with some of our most inspiring designated drinkers. So first, head over to designateddrinker.show to find a cocktail recipe or five from our library of libations and get ready for some fun-filled flashback action. Our first episode, it's all about inspiring badass women who are out to change the world for the better. From a thought-provoking DJ, to a social justice entrepreneur, to a lawyer-turned-pirate, this first episode is a great way to kick off this limited series. Right off the bat, we have one of our biggest personalities, and we've had quite a few big personalities, and it's not as if Gina and I are wallflowers. So get ready to meet designated drinker DJ Poet Taylor from episode 127. She gives it to us straight, and she explains how even though she may have had a tough beginning, she's found the tenacity and self-confidence to chase her dreams and to become the success she is today. Get ready to get inspired. Tell us, how, who, who are you? I mean, where did you come from? <laughs> I am, wow, people ask you that, and I'm never sure how to respond because I'm a lot of things. Um, I can state the obvious that I am a proud black woman. State maybe the not obvious. Sometimes if you took too much liquor in me, I like to make out with women. I love pets, but I am a girl that was born in Detroit and didn't even know it till she was probably like 10. I was raised in foster care. I was adopted and then put back in care, which is probably a whole nother episode and a whole nother story. Um, I'm a lover of people that felt as I evolved into who I am today, with an evolution still taking place, that there were stories that needed to be told, not just my own, just others. And I would be frustrated that I didn't see him. It's that equivalent of always watching television as a chunky kid and never really seeing a chunky kid. Not in cartoons. And when they started to introduce him, they were either goofy or always eating. It was just never what I knew me and my friends to be, or me and my family to be, my friends' family. So. 
growing up in care, you get one or two kind of social workers. One that says, the world is yours, dream big. And the one that reminds you that you're going to age out at 21 and you better have a place to live and you better have a plan. So for me, getting into radio, I always tell people I believe was divine intervention. Um, <laughs> I won a contest. Like I've never been to broadcasting school. I don't own any degrees in journalism or anything. I'm a proud black girl nerd, so I like to study. But I won a contest in 92Q in Baltimore <laughs> for a six-month internship. And it changed my life because it was the, one of the first times that I would really step out on faith and try something. Um, and at the time, I, was, I should have been looking for like a, a job of some sort. You are in the midst of possibly like gradual, like, what are you doing? And I did it. And my mother, who took me in at 15, was like, do it. You can always come back home. I lost the first year to the huggable, lovable, plus love. The fact that I remember that and can't tell you what I wore to work last week is hilarious. <laughs> but um, I lost and I told my mom, I said, I don't feel like they gave me a fair shot. And I didn't. Uh, rest in paradise and having a Reggie Ridge. I felt like he was shouting out his cousin that was coming on after me more than talking to me. They did it the next year. I tried out. I won. And I'm excited just to bring people their lunch and to be in that atmosphere because that's where I wanted to be. And it was at a Heritage Black station that was started by Kathy Hughes, which is this phenomenal Black woman in broadcast media. I just felt like God was lining up these steps and I needed to just stay focused. So it turns out that the producer of Afternoon Drive, which was with Conan, I want to say that MJ got extra happy at his birthday party and like twisted both his ankles. And it was something, it was like one of those stories that you hear and you'd be like, what? And then my boss was like, well, can you pop in and produce Conan for me? And I'm thinking, oh, I was just like, all right, what I got to do? And we would have this banter and we would talk and crack jokes. And then he left my mic on one day. My boss calls us downtown, downstairs to his office. And he's like, what y'all did today? Do that again tomorrow. And then from there, I was on an on-air personality. And then in a few months, I got my very first radio contract. And then you get a call saying, hey, would you like to do overnights in D.C.? And I'm like, oh, well, why the hell am I not? And then <laughs> um, became a swing jock, worked at PGC. I knew that that's where I wanted to be. When the roster was full, ended up doing my own morning show in West Palm Beach, Florida. And May I ask a they, question? What's a sing, swing jock? So a swing jock is somebody that can do every shift. I can do mornings, 6 to 10. I can do middays, midday shenanigans, 10 to 2. I can bring you home from work or take you to work an afternoon drive, uh, which is normally 2 to 6. Or I can hang out with you all night long, which is 6 to 10. I do holidays, weekends, all of that, swing jock. Um, if you call me, I can do it. I can do an in-person thing, a segment. You, I'm going to do it. And, like, and you want to get to that point where your hours, because when you part-time, you need those coins, are not limited to what you don't know. And that's something that I've taken with me every step, everywhere. That's how I ended up in radio at midday. It's a very long story, and I'm not sure how much time I have, so that's the abridged version, but um, it's been a magical journey, and the things that you learn, and the people that you meet, and the stories that you get to share, um, the unfortunate news that you have to break is probably the big downside, but... I couldn't imagine doing anything else. Obviously, Poet has refused to let fear get in her way. And her outlook, it's empowering. And she is definitely one powerhouse of a woman, which many of us I know can find inspiration in that. They say 
Now, I don't know who they are, but they say everything you want is on the other side of fear. But when it's you who's facing that fear, when it's you who's making that leap, it can be hard. So when someone shares their inspiring story on how they overcame challenges, it might be exactly what you need to hear. So speaking of those who've gambled on themselves and won, meet designated drinker from episode 194, Laura Sook Duncombe. She's a lawyer turned pirate. Actually, she's more like a lawyer turned author who has written two books, working on our third, about real life badass women of the sea. Yep, that's right. Real life female pirates. So let's listen in and find out if Laura really is a pirate, shall we? So, Lauren, tell us, how did you become a pirate? <laughs> Wait, well, do you consider yourself a pirate? I consider any woman who occupies a space that she has been told does not uh, belong to her or her gender to be a pirate. So... I think, I mean, it's like feminist, right? Like, if you want to be one, you are one. So I I, I would love to identify <laughs> myself as a pirate. <laughs> I'm in. I mean, pirates have been a lifelong love for me. I grew up watching the Mary Martin Peter Pan, um, you know, when it was on TV on around Thanksgiving. And Cyril Richard was such an absolutely fabulous Captain Hook in, you know, Technicolor hose and singing and dancing. And I just thought... You know, that seems like the best thing to be, even in Neverland, where nobody grows up, they were unquestionably having the best time. And I never really let go of that. I started reading about pirates and, you know, getting my hands on everything I could about real pirates. And when I was uh, when I was 18, when I was, uh, you know, just about to go off to college, I thought, you know, in that boundless optimism of, of um, you know, the 18 year olds, I was like, well, if there's you know, man doctors and women doctors, uh, there's got to be man pirates and women pirates, right? So I'm going to find out more about women pirates because clearly tons have been written about them because how cool is that? And it turns out tons had not been written about them. Uh, (laughs) uh, Women (laughs) pirates had been tucked into other stories. So it's, uh, you know, scary male pirate and his wife, or, you know, this woman was a criminal, you know, they're, they're, they are they are there. They're everywhere, but they are not um, in the spotlight. You know, as so as so often happens with women in history, they're just kind of off in the shadows. And so, when I learned about Cheng Sao, who is a Chinese pirate, I was so full of incandescent rage that uh, no one knew about her that I decided to write a book about her. And then I wrote two books about <laughs> women pirates and it's kind of <laughs> become a lifestyle and uh, I I couldn't be happier to uh, transition from a uh, from a practicing lawyer to a full-time pirate. I have to tell you, after meeting Laura, I think I actually understand why Gina always says she wants to be a pirate. I just assumed it was all about the rum. But based on this bit from our episode with Laura, I am 100% sure, 100% that Gina was a pirate in a past life. You listen in and let me know if you agree. There are things about pirates that are really, um, I would say, admirable. You know, and particularly pirate women. These are women who saw what was expected of them and saw what life could be like for a woman of their station and were told, you know, this is what you are allowed to be. And they just said, "Um, no, thank you. And they completely took control of their destiny, you know, changed the narrative and and went to sea and made a life for themselves. And, you know, piracy was not glamorous. It was not really 
um, you know, floating around drinking daiquiris, listening to Jimmy Buffett. It's hard work. You know, sailing a ship is really hard work. And it's not the kind of thing that you do really if you could do something else. But these women just saw this as a way to provide for themselves, provide for their families and just become the person that they felt like they they were meant to be. And I think everyone uh, can identify with that. Just a feeling of like, this is not what I was supposed to do. This is not the way I thought my life was going to go. And, you know, I wanted something more. I wanted something better. And so I think I think we should teach our daughters and sons uh, about <laughs> about pirates because I think it's an important lesson sort of about about freedom, that you you're not tied in to any narrative. Do you know who's definitely not tied into any predetermined narrative? It's our designated drinker from episode 165, Karen Sugar. Now, don't you let her name fool you. She is one badass chick who decided she could do more. She could push the boundaries. She could become the change that she wanted to see in the world. And to me, that's a true definition of badassery. She followed her heart, went into a post-conflict African region for the first time all alone in order to establish her international nonprofit organization, which has helped thousands of women in northern Uganda gain access to microcredit loans, business and leadership development training, education, and health initiatives. She says she was absolutely crazy. We say she's absolutely brave. Why don't you listen in and be the judge? The thing for me is how did I get to Uganda? And I think that was kind of where... I had to fly by the seat of my pants. I couldn't really overanalyze the situation. I had to really go with my gut and I had to be really brave. Um, I had never been to Africa. That's crazy. I, it's crazy. No, it's nuts. And I just, so at what point did you just say, you know where it's going to be? It's in all the world. Yeah, I'm going to, I, I'm going to go to Gulu, Uganda. That was coming out of this long, brutal conflict that I had never heard of Gulu, Uganda. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I, I was introduced, you know, so I created the organization. I created the mission. I created the model. And, and my last piece of it was, where was I going to go? And for me, the criteria was where on the planet did women have the most critical need for empowerment, social and economic empowerment. And I was introduced to somebody from Northern Uganda who gave me a very good education on what, on his country, on the conflict in the Northern region. I read all kinds of UN reports and I was like, okay, that's it. That's where they have the most critical need at this time. It didn't matter that I'd never been there, that I didn't speak any languages, that it was very far away, that it was still kind of, you know, vulnerable and dangerous in some yeah. respect. Well, not even to think, I mean, that's, those are, I mean, those are major things, but do you even think like your own health, like how many shots did you get? I mean, like to think about this is just how you made this decision in from, uh, yeah. for, I mean, it, obviously from a very educated and, and thoughtful way but I mean just like yes, it's yes. crazy that that's where you chose it's just it's just baffling I know. I know I know um and you know I learned so much working in this shelter in Atlanta but the most important lesson I learned oh my god is that as women we are all connected and we all have many of the same experiences as we walk yeah. the planet as of, as women and, it, and they may look a little bit different. Our socioeconomic status is going to look different. Um, our resources might be different, but we experience 
the same kind of issues. E- even things like raising healthy families, you know, having access to full reproductive health care. That's you know, scary that we're saying that that is an issue that unfortunately many of our women well, in the United States are facing, especially exactly. those who. Sexual yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're talking about sexual harassment yeah. today, yeah. right? Which, uh, you know, gender-based violence. It, it, it's well hidden here, but it is here. You know, it's yeah. global. It's global. And not yeah. being taken seriously. Yeah. Global. And I realized at that time, I think it gave me the courage to be like, I can go wherever the need is the greatest. Like, it's okay. Because I feel like That's I have crazy. something to offer. That's awesome. Women. I mean, it's very inspiring, but um, it's equally crazy, which is great. I mean, it's. <laughs> looking back, you know, I, I feel like, wow. But um, best decision I ever made because it's a beautiful country. I'm inspired every day. I feel like pinch me. I'm a very lucky person to be working in um, uh, such an unusual environment that's challenging me as a human being and as a woman. But I also get to work with all these amazing women. See, I told you. Karen is one courageous, generous, and inspiring woman. So now get ready to listen in as she explains why she does what she does and where she finds her inspiration. I guarantee you, it will melt your heart. A couple of years ago, I was actually traveling with um, one of my friends who's a journalist and my professor whose class I was in when I decided to do this. So I continually blame her. Um, And she finally was able to come with me. And... I wanted to go see, um, you know, I go to many villages and districts when I'm there. My whole goal is just to listen and find out what's working, what what the excitement is, what needs are, you know, what successes are. And um, uh, we went to this village and there was a literacy class going on, which I wanted to go see. There were probably like 40, 50 women sitting under this huge jackfruit tree. Um, you know, it's incredibly hot. and um, And... Next to this tree, so there's all these women, and there's me, the visitors, our guests, and you know some of my staff. And um, they got out a little bench for me to sit on, which is really sweet. And there was a little chalkboard by the um, tree and some chalk. And so we went around, and I said, "Okay, tell me, like, what is the 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 best part of Women's Global for you? Like, what what have you learned? What experiences have you had? And then, what are your challenges still? Those that was kind of my questions. And so, uh, people really love to share, and it's and it's lovely. And this and this woman stood up, and she was probably like thirty, um, and she said, uh, "Well, I mean, I learned how to write my name." And, you know, it's one of those moments that you're just so profoundly humbled um, of the simplicity of it and the importance of it at the same time. And I asked her if she would, I said, well, will you share that with us? And she walked up to the tree and picked up the chalkboard and wrote her name, which is four letters. Her name is Annette. And, you know, I'm I'm getting... um, cry here. It was it was just the most human moment because she was so incredibly proud of herself and felt empowered and felt like she had a voice. These guests may come from completely different realms, 
but their spirits are so similar. Listen in as Poet and Karen echo one another. It's truly powerful. I think Americans like to be comfortable, and I'm I'm very comfortable being uncomfortable. And I think everybody should be uncomfortable at least once a day. And if you're not, I think you're not paying attention. I'm here for this. I am here for this moment and being a part of a moment in a way. I told my pastor from Community I Hope, Reverend Leslie, the other day, this is the most uncomfortable I've ever felt, but I've never been more sure of my purpose than in this moment. Wow. So, That's very powerful. That's very powerful. I think I'm pretty damn lucky to have met these three amazing people. They are truly an inspiration to me, the inspiration behind their cocktail recipes, and we hope a real inspiration to you. So why don't you head over to designateddrinker.show to find the perfect cocktail recipe with all the tips and tricks to craft like a pro and tune in to each one of these episodes so you can enjoy all of our boozy banter with these amazing guests. Let's kick off 2022 like true badasses, shall we? Cheers to that. And don't forget, we want to hear what you have to say. So go do the survey. Yes, yes, I know I made it rhyme. I'm such a dork. We all already knew that. But anyway, head over to designateddrinker.show, take the survey, and let's hang out at our live virtual Let's Get Twisted Cocktail Hour. Cheers to that. The Designated Drinker Show is produced by Missing Link, a podcast media company that is dedicated to connecting people to intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Also in the Missing Link lineup of podcasts is Roger That, a podcast dedicated to guiding you through the haze of dementia, led by skilled caregivers Bobby and Mike Carducci. Now, if you're looking for a whole new way to enjoy the theater, check out Between Acts, an immersive audio theater podcast experience. Each episode takes you on a spellbinding journey through the works of newfound playwrights, from dramas to comedies and everything in between. Find Missing Link's League of Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Please don't forget to subscribe, download, and review the shows. Your review helps our shows reach new audiences. To find out more about Missing Link, visit missinglink.company. That's missinglink.company. 